First Class Fatherhood. That is where Alec Lace comes in with his popular podcast. And one of the most interesting was on a podcast. Alec Lace interviews high-profile fathers from actors to NFL players with a vision to change the narrative of fatherhood and family life. Welcome, everybody, to episode 719 of First Class Fatherhood. I am happy and honored, as always, to be here with you guys. And it is a huge honor to welcome back former Navy SEAL Remy Adelake, who joins me on the podcast today. Last time I had Remy Adelake on the show here was almost five years ago. It was episode 70. A lot has happened since then. That was when Remy had his autobiography came out called Transformed, which went on to become a bestseller. Remy has got just an incredibly inspiring story. He was born in Nigeria over in Africa uh, after his father died when he was just a, like a baby. His family moved over to the Bronx, New York. Uh, he got himself into all kinds of trouble with the law. He ended up joining the Navy, would go on to become a Navy SEAL, defying all odds. He served our country as a frogman. And then when he came out of the Navy, he ended up really hitting it big in Hollywood with movies, TV. He's been in blockbuster films, including Transformers. You've recently seen him on Fox's Special Forces World's Toughest Test. Uh, also, one of the competitors in that was Dr. Drew, who you heard right here on the podcast. I'm curious to get Remy's take about that show. But Remy Adelake has got a brand new fictional thriller out now called Chameleon. The book just dropped yesterday. It was book launch day. And the main character, no surprise, is crafted right into the likes of Remy Adelake. And nobody can really write these thriller action novels as authentically as someone like a former Navy SEAL. We've seen that with Jack Carr. I've had a number of other authors on here who are combat veterans that ended up becoming prolific authors. And Remy's family has grown since the last time I talked to him. So I'm really excited and honored to have him back on the podcast. Remy Adelake is going to be here with me in just a few minutes. So please stick around for the interview. And today's interview with Remy Adelake was recorded on video and is available for you guys to watch on my YouTube channel. So you're going to watch today's conversation between the Frogman and myself. Please subscribe to First Class Fatherhood on YouTube. Link is in the description of today's podcast episode. All right. And speaking about Navy SEALs, I'm just about three weeks away before I will be jumping into the Hudson River with about 50 Navy SEALs to swim across the river from New Jersey to New York. It's going to be an unbelievably big feat for myself to accomplish, but it is a great cause. This is the fifth annual year that the Navy SEALs are swimming across the Hudson River in honor of all of those who lost their lives on 9-11, as well as in memory of their brothers who died on Extortion 17, which was the largest single incident loss of life in Naval Special Warfare history. And I could really use your help. I'm fundraising for the Navy SEAL Foundation. You'll find the link to my fundraiser in the description of today's podcast episode. All proceeds, all the money goes directly to the Navy SEAL Foundation, which is helping out the Navy SEALs and their families. So if you could help me out and thank you to those who have, you guys have been so generous. I really appreciate the support. Again, a lot more to come up on that as we get closer and closer to the swim. All right. And don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Alec underscore Lace for all the upcoming guest announcements. And if you're interested, check out the Alec Lace show, which is my new podcast. I launched about a month ago where I get into all the politics and news that are affecting parents in the country today. I got some great guests over on that podcast as well. So check that out. Link is down there as well. All right, so let's do this. As always, help me spread the word about today's podcast. Every father in your neighborhood or in your contact list, let them know about the show that's here celebrating fatherhood and family life. You guys know it every day is Father's Day right here on the podcast. And here comes my interview straight up with Remy Adelake on First Class Fatherhood. (laughs) 
joining me now, First Class Father, Remy Adelake. Welcome back to First Class Fatherhood. Hey, man. Thank you so much for having me on, brother. I appreciate you. Yeah, well, last time I had you here was episode 70. It was about five years ago. This is going to be episode oh, 719. So wow. uh, th there's been quite a lot of SEALs who have stopped by um, on the podcast here. So it's an honor to have you back. Let me get an update. Last time I think we spoke, you had three boys or three yeah. kids. I know that. Give me an update. How many kids? How old? I got four now. Four. We stopped it at four. I, got, I, got my, I have a daughter, so my daughter's the youngest. How, how old are the boys now? So nine, eight, four, and my daughter will be three in October. <laughs> wow, awesome. I got I got the same same run as you. I got three boys, then got the girl on the fourth try. So we did the same thing. We shut it down right after that. We got the How girl. That was, my oldest is 17. I got a 17, 16, 12, and 8. So we're right in the uh, two two teenagers and, and, and two uh, little ones here. So we got yeah. the best of both worlds right now. Yeah. <laughs> it's a lot of fun, man. If you could, Remy, for those who don't know, just take one second to hit the listeners with a little bit about your background. Yeah, so I was born in uh, uh, Africa into a wealthy family. My uh, Nigerian government stripped my dad of everything. We were from rich to poor, came to the States, uh, got in trouble in New York City, ended up, you know, working my way out of trouble by joining the Navy, uh, eventually became a frogman and uh, spent 13 and a half years in the Navy with the majority of those years spent in special operations as a SEAL. Uh, got out in January 2016. I uh, was getting my master's in business consulting when I got the phone call to work on a movie called Transformers the last night. And uh, that uh, movie is what essentially launched my career in Hollywood. Um, started out as a consultant slash actor, then progressed to a writer, uh, then progressed to a writer director. Um, I directed a short film on organ harvesting, uh, which is a subset of human trafficking. That short film is on YouTube now. It's called The Unexpected. And that short film got picked up to be a feature film. Um, and so uh, we were actually uh, in the process of getting everything made when uh, when the writer's strike and the, uh, you know, happened. So um, and the actor strike. So we're we're standing down now. And that's kind of where I'm at today, brother. <laughs> Yeah, well, congratulations on all your success. I know you've been everywhere, and I know you got the new fiction book out today or yesterday, uh, Chameleon. And I know you had the best-selling book, Transform, come out years back yeah. about your life story. So and you've, you've been all over the place, and it's been good to see. I know Jack Carr uh, is promoting your book as well. He's yeah. had tremendous success writing fictional thrillers as well, so so cool for that. One thing before I jumped in on that, I wanted to ask you about the Fox Special Forces um, yeah. that you did. Because I had Dr. Drew on the podcast here oh, did you? Right, right before that launch. So he wasn't able to give me any kind of details yeah. about it because it didn't air yet. But how, what was the experience like? How was Dr. Drew? Give me the inside uh, skinny. How was he during this, this whole event? Dr. Drew, he was great, man. He had fortunately he had a medical situation happen. So uh, he got pulled early. Um, and it was for medical reasons. We had to take the proper precautions because we didn't want to kill anybody. But, you know, <laughs> for the time he was there, you know, uh, he did a great job. And uh, he paid, as my shirt said, he paid the man, you know. <laughs> uh, we've been selling these shirts like hotcakes because this is my company's uh, parent my apparel company started printing them because people who watch the show they love that saying that I came up with time to pay them in um, but yeah it was a fun show to work on and uh, you know got to put the put celebrities through the ringer and uh, see who had what it took and uh, <laughs> you know what we got was what we got but it was definitely a fun ride 
Well, very cool. Before I jump into communion, I just want to ask you, because so much of the stuff I focus on here on this podcast is about the fatherless crisis that we have going on. So yeah. many kids growing up without a dad. And I know you lost your dad, uh, you know, very early on in your life. Uh, I don't even, you know, I don't think he was ever a part. I think you were only an infant or so, right? When you lost your father. Five. five. Okay. So my question to you is, what is it like for you raising, especially three boys? Now you have a daughter. What is it like for you raising a father, uh, raising children without ever having grown up with a father to kind of get that experience from? And who kind of became your father figure as you were growing up? Yeah, you know, uh, um, one, I didn't really ha- I looked to the streets as my father figure when I was growing up. And that was definitely not the right, uh, right thing to do. Um, and, uh, and so, but, but, you know, fast forward to, you know, my late twenties, early thirties is when I came to faith, you know, and, uh, so I begin to, you know, faith in, in, in Jesus. And that's when I begin to, uh, look to God, uh, for guidance is how to be a father and how to, uh, father my kids and how to, you know, uh, love my kids unconditionally and, and, and set the right example for my kids. And so that's, what's helped me tremendously, uh, as a father. And then, you know, having other, you know, good men in my life and, 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 and watching them father their children and, and watching them having raised, uh, not, not having raised, I was there for the process, but seeing the, the fruits of their parenting i.e. their kids being upstanding, law-abiding, respectful assets to society, you know? And so um, I have some I have some really good people in my life. But I love fatherhood, man. I love it. You know, I, I just love my kids with everything. Everything that I do is for my kids. I, You know, my sleepless nights working on film and TV projects and books and all of this stuff is to make sure that I could provide a life for them. And they're my everything, man. Like, I don't get so – I've worked with a lot of celebrities, and I don't get starstruck but by celebrities. I get starstruck when I come home from a trip, and I see my kids, and I, I, I see how blessed I am to have them. Yeah, really well said, Remy. Yeah, I think you, you, you nailed it there with, with your faith as well. The two biggest things missing from our society is the heavenly father in our society and, and the father in the home. Those two things yeah. combined are responsible for 90 percent of the chaos we're seeing yeah. right now. Yeah. Uh, and, and so what would you say? Have your boys shown any interest here yet towards maybe uh, following you? Maybe are they interested in film and acting or are they interested in the military stuff? Uh, what, what does it look like right now early uh, on here? You know, they love their Nerf guns and they love, you know. <laughs> playing you know little navy seals running around the house it's so funny uh uh this weekend on saturday before i left uh my my sons both of them had their friends come over uh and they we had like a nerf gun war and uh they my dad my my oldest one was like let's record it so we could put on youtube and so they you know they were all decked out and and, and, and their gear and their nerf guns and you know we had like three different battles and we recorded it all from different angles so they're all into that stuff my oldest son he's into story he loves movies and uh he 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 actually put together a story um uh, a few a couple about two years ago called super caden or something like that versus the monster and uh, uh his teacher helped him put it together but you know I, I i see that he has a thing for story and telling stories so uh who knows you know we'll see where that goes but i i don't know we'll see you know you know how they are when they're young they, they're into a lot of different things and it takes some time to, to really you know focus in on what they really want to do 
Yeah, I know. And as they get older too, like my teenagers now, I'll tell them what they were into or wanted to be years ago, and they're like, "Nah, I never wanted to get into that." You know, that yeah. the, the denial is uh, is strong. But yeah. uh, and and what about as far as transform the, the book about your life story? How, what age do you think you would allow your kids to read that book and read your story? I think as soon as they're old enough to comprehend, be able to read it and understand, as uh, you know, a lot of it. So I would say maybe in. My oldest is nine, so maybe around 13, 14, I would say. You know, I'd, I'd give them the opportunity, maybe 15. I got to look back. I, you know, it's been a while since I read, I read this. <laughs> well, actually, it hasn't been too much of a while because I, my Transform got picked up to be a movie. And so I uh, I went through Transform to, to uh, I, when I was writing the screenplay, I went through Transform to see how to adapt it into a uh, into the book so uh into, into the script into a movie is that on pause because so, of the strike too or yeah yeah i turned in a draft before the strike um but i you know i i, I know that i have to do rewrites so but they can't i can't do rewrites during the strike so i gotta wait for after the strike they'll give me notes i go through rewrites yada yada, yada Who, who's so. your top choice for uh the remy adelaide gate character I don't know. You know, I know the studio was interested in uh, John Boyega. They they really want John to play me, but we'll see, man. So uh, I don't know. I like Jonathan Majors. I think he would be great for it. Um, uh, John Boyega would be great for it too. So so for me, it's it's it's, it's uh, any of those two. Very cool. Yeah, I look forward to that. All right, let me switch it up here now. You got uh, Chameleon, yeah. a di- different type of book. Now you got a fictional thriller here, I believe. And there we go. Yeah. There it is. Yeah. Also, I love the cover. Uh, so hit, hit me with the synopsis here. What's the book about? What can the readers expect when they get it in their hands? Yeah, so first and foremost, the book is a fictional extension of Transform. You know, Kali Kent is very loosely based off of me. Um, you know, he's from Nigeria, just like I was from Nigeria. I am from Nigeria. He was raised in New York City, found himself in a uh, rising through the ranks and, and finding himself uh, as an intelligence officer in the CIA. I didn't serve in the CIA, but I was a human guy working human intelligence. And so essentially, you know, the, the, the book follows this follows him on his mission, him and his his team's mission to essentially uh, uh, find the identity and uh, bring to justice this this um, uh, South African terrorist who's uh, manipulating worldwide stock markets in a very unique way. I can't give it away. I, you know, with a lot of these books, you have the the villain has the nuclear bomb, or you know, the villain has this chemological, chemical or biological weapon that he's going to release onto a nation or onto the world. I didn't want to do that. I want to do something different. So here, it's it's economic warfare. It's financial warfare, which I think is more understandable now, especially coming out of COVID and seeing how COVID, you know, ransacked the financial market. And, and really, and, and you know, especially with where we are, uh, possibly going into a recession sh- soon with our economy. I think people have a better understanding of how you know finances, uh, a nation's finances, can really destabilize uh, a country. And so that's what our antagonist is doing. He's using uh, a, a very intricate and uh, an intelligent scheme to destabilize the uh, world's finance, Western world's financial markets. And so our team, Black Box, which is led by Kali Kent, he's a chameleon. Chameleons are people who are uh, who are agents who are able to essentially become whatever character they need to become at the drop of a dime. Sort of like a chameleon blends into the color, he, uh, you know, it needs to be in order to hide from its enemy or maybe, you know, capture its prey. That's what Kali is. He's a chameleon. He's a math, master uh, method actor uh, 
mashed up with a with a freaking gnarly operative warrior. Uh, and it's all grounded in reality. It's all authentic. And, you know, along with it being an action book and, and having the thrills and having an espionage piece, it's also somewhat of a political thriller. The substratum of this book is the importance of national unity. As you know, uh, here in America, there's just so much division. Uh, you know, so many people are at odds, you know, politically and, 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 and relationally and you name it. We have division at every level in this country. And uh, it is of my belief that our enemies are looking to divide divide us so that they could further conquer us. And so, you know, I tried to put the pill in the cake, so to speak, and, you know, dress up this story with the thrills, with the action, but really have a key message in there, an inspirational message that will inspire people to, you know, take a look inwardly and say, you know, what am I doing to contribute to the disunity in this in my neighborhood? or in my community, or in my state, or in this country, and what can I do to stop that? What can I do to breed some form of, of unity? And I always say that, you know, it takes conversation, genuine conversation, that leads to understanding, and understanding leads to unity. And so that's packed that's, you know, under the surface in the book, and it comes really to the forefront towards the end of the book. So that's the book in a, in a nutshell. It's a, it's a, uh, it's a really, really, uh, it packs a lot, but it's very succinct and clear and direct in this messaging, and it's a fun read. And I also did the audio book, so just like I did the audio book for Transform. So, uh, you know, I had a good time playing all of the different voices, whether it was a Nigerian accent or South African or German or Kali or this or that. So, so it's uh, fun all around. It sounds awesome. The link to the book, Chameleon, down in the description below. And I think there's something just so authentic about guys like you who have been there, done that, served, been in the action, and you get to write from that kind of authentic viewpoint. One one question I do have for you, Remy, and I, and I ask this to these other guys like yourself that, that came from that world, whether it be like Jack Carr or Sean Barnell or, or uh, Brad Taylor, these guys that were in the service and now write fictional thrillers. What was it difficult for you to write for female characters in the book? What, what was that process like for you? And did you need to bounce that off uh, a wife, a sister, a colleague to find out? Hey, am I getting this voice right? Am I getting this character yeah. right? What was that process like for you? you know, it wasn't. It was. It wasn't hard for me, uh, in part because. You know, I try to draw from experiences and I've had a lot of relationships with a lot of different women. Uh, you know, I've, you know, I, I have a mother, I, you know, I, yeah, I had, I had a lot of aunts. And, and so I, I pull from the experiences that I had from, from, from the women in my life or women that were in my life to essentially build, um, you know, the, the, the main protagonist, one of the main female characters in the book is a character by the name of Nevaeh and she's a ghost agent. So in Black Box, uh, there's different programs. So Chameleon is one program. Ghost is another program. These are people, people who are able to get in and out of places like a ghost and plant themselves in places uh, when need be. Uh, then you have... Uh, 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 you have uh, uh, aberration agents, which are a combination of chameleons and ghosts, but they go in a deep cover for a decade minimum. Uh, then you have wind agents, which drive could drive any vehicle like the wind. And so Nevaeh is our is our female protagonist in the book, and and I was able to draw from from a lot of different women to create this character, and uh, I didn't I didn't have a struggle with it at all. It was it was actually a fun write, yeah. 
Awesome. Yeah, I always, I always have that question because I would imagine it's got to be difficult a, a lot of times to write because sometimes it's hard to know what women are thinking, especially when you're yeah. trying to put them in these uh, chaotic situations in the book. So yeah. right, speaking about women, now you have a daughter yourself here yeah. real quick. What 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 is your what have your boys reaction been? I know what it was like for me watching my three boys uh, become brothers to a little sister. It was so cool yeah. for me to see. How have your boys been playing on the role of big brother with a little sister in the house? Yeah, they've been great, man. They're so they're so tender with her, you know. Um, I think it's because they know that if anything happens uh, because of their rambunctiousness, they'll get in big trouble. <laughs> um, but yeah, they're just so tender and sweet. My youngest son Carter, you know, he's he's about a uh, let's see, March, so he's about a year and a half older than her. He, they're very close. Like he's her protector, and and you know he when we go places he puts his arm around her or holds her hand, and just I don't even have to say anything to him. He just does these things on his own, and so you know it's uh it's it's a beautiful thing to see. But they're really really good with their sister. She takes she probably gets in a little bit more trouble because she's rough with them, you know, because she sees them being rough with each other, and so she oh I could do that too. So she'll like pull hair or, or you know punch one of the brothers or something like but again it's because she sees them do it to each other so she thinks that that's fine she gets in trouble for it but uh but i you know i'm not as firm with her as my as as i am with my boys my wife she takes up the the charges it relates to discipline in our daughter but um but yes yeah, they're good with her they're good with her yeah, I'm in the same boat with disciplining my daughter as you are there. So, uh, you know, I, I let my wife come in. But it is, I think it's a blessing, really, that we have her to see that relationship that my boys have. I think it's so important for them, too, to grow up, see how you should be treating a girl yeah. and for her to see how she should be treated. So I think it's important all the yeah. way around. Wow. Uh, last thing I want to hit you with, I know I'm keeping you long here. Uh, I love to ask all the dads that I get on the podcast, what type of advice do you have, Remy, for that new dad or for that about-to-be father who's out there listening? Wow, that's a good question. I would just say... Uh... Be patient and be present. You know, that's the big thing I just that comes to mind and is, you know, be patient and be present. You know, be patient with your kids and, uh, you know, uh, give the patience to them that you will want given to you. If you were a child or even if you're a new person at a job, you know, they, they're going to make mistakes just like you made mistakes. They're not perfect. And uh, show grace. And uh, the big one, I talked about this the other day, so this comes to mind. Don't be their friend. Being a parent is not about being their friend. It's about being their parent. And I think that that's where we're seeing a lot of issues in our, uh, in this, you know, these, these younger generations now is that they're, they're, they're out of control in part because they don't have parents who are parents. They have parents who are friends. So don't be afraid to be the parent to your, to your child. The friendship that'll come later down the line when they're when they're grown up and possibly out the house and 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 you know they're standing on their own two feet. Then you guys could be friends, but you, there has to be some some level of hierarchy and respect because if you can't if they can't learn how to respect you, they won't respect their employer. They won't respect the the the, the, the authorities out there in in, in, the, in in the streets. They won't respect anybody else if they can't respect their own parent. And so. That only comes when their parent treats them as a child and and, 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 and expects that they teach, treat them as a parent and when a parent doesn't treat them as a friend. Yeah, very well said. I love the message. This has been an honor for me. Chameleon, available now. Link is down there in the description of this podcast episode. Remy you. Adelaide, you're a first-class father all the way. Thanks for giving me a few minutes of your time, a first-class fatherhood. Hey, thank you, Alec. I appreciate you, brother. 
You have been listening to First Class Fatherhood. Please visit www.firstclassfatherhood.com to find out more details. You can order First Class Fatherhood advice and wisdom from high-profile dads on Amazon.com or wherever books are sold. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. Proverbs 22.6 tells us, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will never depart from it. God bless, and I'll catch you next time.